Welcome to ScotsCast, the Bible teaching podcast of Scots Church, Melbourne. 2022 has been the year of the word game. At my house, at least, especially with Wordle, where you get six chances to guess a random five-letter word. Guess number one, if you can see last Monday's game on the screen. Good strategy, use up as many vowels as you can. A ratio. Step two, use the remaining vowels, or some of them at least. Plate. And look at that. Four letters out of five, green, all in the right places. Step three, mop up. Now, Louise, my wife and I are fiercely competitive. I'll share my stats for the year with you on the next screen. Uh, Most often, I'll take four guesses. Seven times I've solved it in two. Uh, Louise, of course, has done far better, but we won't talk about that. But so in the spirit of the season, I've got a Christmas word game for you this morning that I'm hoping you'll be able to see on the screen that has something to say about the hidden essence of Christmas. It's a word game that starts with the words of the prophet Isaiah, who in the midst of Israel's destruction in the 5th century BC, was looking forward to a time of national restoration. But more than that, of spiritual restoration as well. Israel, meant to be the people of God, instead were anything but. They were a nation full of corruption and greed and abuse of the poor. And so, in a sense, the prophet Isaiah sees the coming invasion by Assyria and their exile as being exactly what Israel deserves. And yet a time will come, he says, for a new king in the line of David and a new start and new hearts. It's a very famous verse, especially if you're familiar with Handel's Messiah, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, that out of disaster will come a saviour king, that the people who lived in darkness will see a great light. He says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. So here's our word game. Looking forward, and it's 500 or more years till this flicker of light, he says there will be a child, a son. For to us, a son is given. Which are words that when you play my little word game, and it helps if you can see the screen at the front, words I want to suggest contain the hidden secret of Christmas. You need to take just a few letters away from the middle. Now, I know it's not rocket science. Easier than Wordle, for sure. Now, those were Isaiah's words 500 years BC, as we used to call it, before Christ. 
Of course, if you turn to gospel writers like Luke in the New Testament, when the time finally comes, they know exactly who Isaiah was talking about in this kingdom that will have no end. Which you can see in that announcement from the angels to Mary in Luke chapter 1, the eternal unending kingdom. Within our second reading, the child Mary is to bear, he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. This son we're given is Son of God, and as Isaiah says, his rule will be forever. Now that on its own, is the big claim of Christmas. But there is still a secret, which, if you can see on the screen, is kind of getting closer. For to us, a son is given. And we've taken away, what, four or so letters, four or five from the middle already. Let's get rid of another one. Can we click again? Well, we've one ahead. For to us, no, one more, I think, given. Can we have one more click? Getting closer. This point, of course, makes no sense at all, but I'm sure you can see where it's heading. Luke, in his gospel, opens not with the birth of one child, but two. I don't know if you're aware of that, the announcement of the birth of Jesus to Mary, but there is another birth to announce too, and that's John the Baptist to Elizabeth and Zechariah. John, who has a key role in setting the scene telling us something important about the nature of the kingdom that's dawning with the coming king. So Zechariah, his dad, is immensely proud of this support role being given to his son. I guess kind of like being parents of a ball boy at the Australian Open. That's not the main game, but he's there on set of court. Let's get rid of one more letter before we go to the words of Zechariah. Here's the dad of John the Baptist celebrating, not first of all his own son, but the one who Isaiah says will come in the house of David. Zechariah says, God has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. And then a word to his own baby boy, and you child will be called a prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet in the way of peace. Go before him, prepare his ways. And again, those same ideas from Isaiah. There'll be light for those in darkness. There'll be hope for those in the shadow of death. Our feet will be guided in the way of peace. And all of which comes back to that secret, which we'll see in a moment. We're almost there. Let's click again. Did you notice those key words? Look again. 
to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins. Now, friends, the hidden secret of Christmas, the hidden secret of Jesus, is that he is all about forgiveness, being forgiven. The way that the people of Israel were offered a fresh start in a kingdom of grace and reconciliation that invites people of every nation, even people like us, to be forgiven. It's interesting in our newly developing social media culture of shame, the concept of forgiveness is almost out of the question. How do you get it when the world has shamed you? Transgress the social norm, you are cancelled. There is no way back. There is almost no way in this day to be forgiven. And so your name is erased from the honour rolls, your club membership is revoked, you're fired from your job, your Facebook friends all unfriend you, shamed, cancelled, persona non grata, persona non person. No way back. The great news of Christmas being that is not the way it works with God. Even for Israel, shamed and disgraced, there is always going to be a way back to forgiveness and being honoured again. With the birth of this king of forgiveness who somehow, by the end of the story, is going to take all the shame onto himself, leaving only mercy and forgiveness for us. Friends, this is a profound story. Louise and I finally went to see Hamilton the other day. The story, of course, of Alexander Hamilton, the brilliant American founding father, who made a devastating mess of fathering his own family, of being faithful to his wife. The very climax of the story, this caught me by surprise. Although he has cheated, although his family, his family has crumbled around him, Eliza reaches out and puts her hand in his and forgives him. There are moments that the words don't reach. There's grace too powerful to name, she sings. Forgiveness. Can you imagine? Forgiveness. Can you imagine? Friends, the point is, if the secret of Christmas is that it's all about forgiveness, it actually means Santa has got things badly wrong. Will someone please tell him? Forgiveness doesn't keep a naughty or nice list. Just the opposite. Forgiveness cancels the lists and offers grace instead. God is stepping into our world and breaking the cycle of payback. And instead of giving people what they deserve, brings grace and forgiveness instead. Absorbing the cost. Giving when it's not deserved. 
of cooking Christmas lunch again when they should surely one day of the year be cooking it for you. Of forbearing with that relative who's so badly wrong them, welcoming them to your table. Of re-engaging with family when family is so often the cause of our deepest pain. Later on in his gospel, Luke picks up on the same theme as soldiers are in the very act of nailing his hands and feet to the cross, Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. And so you see, the logic is, at the heart of the Christian faith we celebrate today, the logic is, because we have been forgiven, we freely forgive. Later on, the Apostle Paul puts it this way. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Which leaves all of us, I guess, not just with a Christmas secret, but with a Christmas challenge as well. You might have seen New York pastor Tim Keller was quoted in The Age last week, in an excellent article about the grace of Christmas. And he makes the point that, yes, the notion of forgiveness is fading in Western society, which he said puts our culture in a very dangerous place. He says a society that has lost the ability to extend and receive forgiveness risks being crushed by the weight of recriminations and score-settling, which is equally true, I think, of a home, of a family, of a workplace. In his own experience of counselling married couples, Tim Keller says, those who embraced forgiveness usually survived, but those who didn't always parted. He says, without forgiveness, no human relationships or communities can be sustained. Without forgiveness, centuries-long cycles of retaliation, violence and genocide repeat themselves. He says we should forgive because it's profoundly practical. To fail to forgive is to undermine the health and coherence of one's body, one's relationships and the entire human community. Pragmatically, in other words, it makes sense to forgive. It's a sign of health, of healing, of mental health, of relational health, of, of social health. And yet we still find it so very, very hard to do. Which is where Jesus, in the secret gift of Christmas, gives us the resources we need to do that. A sense of the beauty of God's costly grace to us has the resource we can draw on to provide that same kind of costly grace to one another. And so having been forgiven, I wonder if we can take off just one more letter and make this the day that in the light of what Jesus has done, we can learn to forgive. You've been listening to Scott's Cast, the Bible teaching podcast of Scott's Church, Melbourne.